0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Against All Odds Podcast. little bit different as always every single week's a little bit different but i want to keep you guys on your toes um in this podcast i'm going live on zoom with jack blake and we're going to talk a little bit about just a few topics a few questions that he has so we're just going to kind of basically just talk football for uh, about 20 30 minutes which i thought would be really cool to upload in podcast form so it's my first time doing this hopefully the audio is good on my end on his end and let me know what you guys think and uh last thing jack blake if you guys don't know jack blake He's on YouTube. Uh, another professional footballer in the same league that I'm in, the USL, plays for the uh, the Monarchs. So he'll be in the description. Go check him out. All that good stuff. So let's roll the intro and let's hop into the uh, hop into the talk.
1: Charlie, love the workout this morning, mate. Um, thanks for coming on to this. I think we could answer a lot of questions that people are asking us. So thanks for coming on, mate.
0: Yeah, no problem. It was good. Honestly, that
1: workout probably was harder than mine, I thought. <laughs> I get a lot of people message me on Instagram as well saying, can you make it a little bit easier next really? week? Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: when, I, when I posted it, it's good you made it harder though, because when I posted it on, the, after my workout, like last week, I said, what do you guys think of the difficulty? And it was like right in the middle or maybe even lower. I'm like, oh, I got to put, we got to bump it up.
1: <laughs> yeah, that yeah. No, was decent though. I loved it. Um, okay, so I thought we could just go over some, some topics and just talk about maybe from our both uh, both perspectives as professional footballers. Um, I think the main question that I get asked a lot is like, how did you differ yourself from other people to become pro? So h- how do you think you did that? How do you think you became pro as opposed to another, another guy next to you?
0: Yeah. Like I feel like, cause I feel like we'll, we're both like we've seen tons of players have tons of potential in order to become a pro, like from the youth level to like when I played in college to all these different teams that you play on. You're not like, there's like little bit of differences and stuff, but you can just see that it's like, honestly, the players that just put in the most work, you know, that work out, that do the training, that are really focused. And then I think as well, especially once you get up to that level of like, um, like semi-pro or college soccer, you have to make that decision of like, I'm all in, like I want to be a pro and like go for it and be willing to be like, I'll go to third division of Iceland I'll go and do this I'll I'll go anywhere I just want to play because I've seen a lot of players with the potential or the talent and even if they do put in the work I feel like they're they're not they don't have that all-in mentality of like I'll go anywhere to play so I don't know I feel like a mix of of working out a ton training a ton doing the extra and then as well as that mentality of like no I'm going to make it work no matter what
1: yeah I think I think that's a big factor as well when I was younger um, obviously the English system is completely different to the American system, like we don't have the college system, so what's classed as like a young player in England is something maybe like 17, 18, 19, whereas a young player in America can be anything up to 22, 23, 24, which is one of the, the reasons the market appealed to me when I first came over here, because in England I was I was 20, 21, 22 and classed as sort of not a young player anymore, whereas in America I was a young player. So. For me, I think, I think the most important thing as someone who is trying to break in to become professional or at the early stages of a professional uh, footballer is just to play games. Like if you're, if you're 22, 23 and you've not had many professional games, it will, that will be held against you and you need, to, you need to sort of get that professional experience. And like you said, if you need to go third division Iceland all the way over to Scandinavia or drop down the leagues or whatever you need to do, I think the professional games for me is the most important thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause like coming out of college, cause I went the college route coming out of college in America, like looking at USL teams, like they don't hold that against you, but you're a hunt dude. It's so, when I went over to Germany and I'm like, yeah, I'm 22, 23. And they're like, what are you doing with your life? Like, why are you trying to play pro? You've never, you've never played pro. What are you doing? And yeah. I was just like, Oh, I just had the American, American mentality of like, well, I just came from Sacramento Republic training there at 22 and I was the young guy. So yeah. it's just, yeah, like you said, it's very, America it's, it's, America's unique and I, I definitely think like younger players are cast even a little bit older here.
1: Yeah, because I, I listened to your, the, the podcast you were speaking about with the, to do with your Germany experience. That was fascinating because the difference, because the great thing about the YouTube as well is that we get so many people from all areas of the world watching our channels and watching the videos. And, and it's amazing how one country is so different to another and how their system can affect and I thought like listening to what you you know, the Germany experience was was fascinating, really. Yeah, that was that was a crazy adventure. <laughs> <laughs> uh so there was another topic that um I think is important as well, is if you could go back in time and coach your younger self uh and improve any area of your training, workout, nutrition, what would you do?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm super curious. Do you, do you wanna go first on this one?
1: Yeah, so I, I think I think that um, when I was younger, I think I I spent, I definitely spent enough time um, doing extra training, but I don't think I was, um, I was doing the extra training with my game in mind. I think I was just doing extra training and doing the training that I wanted to do rather than looking at my game, seeing what I need to improve, and then working on the extra training. It was more just, I love football. I want to do extra training. I love passing. I want to do more passing, more shooting. Whereas for me, the areas of my game that I need to improve, things like 1v1 defending, um, all the stuff that aren't enjoyable, I think that, that, that what, if I could go back in time um, when I was younger, I think I would work on the areas of the game that I needed to improve on. Um, and now I'm doing that, but I wish I'd done it when I was younger.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good answer. And also, do you think too, like how you like obsessed over passing and shooting and stuff like that? Do you think that that's the reason why you're so good at, at like your vision and, and distribution and, and shooting now?
1: Yeah, I think, I think yeah, definitely. I think those are definitely the more enjoyable drills to do. Mm. And it's, it's about finding that right balance because I think that sometimes if a player is just, you know, very, you know, if they're just average to good at every single level and they work on every single part of their game, then they don't have that standout attribute in their game. So I think I would still work on the passing and shooting to be my standout attribute. But then I think I neglected the other sides too much. So yeah. it's finding that balance of having everything at a good level and having those one or two things that are like really excellent at and then just sort of neglecting everything else, which I wish, I'd, I, wish I hadn't had done that.
0: Yeah, and honestly my answer is like, my answer is super similar, but it's like such a, the opposite, like the American approach of it, you know? Like my youth clubs and stuff, I wish I could go back when I was 12, 13, even 10, 11, 12, and just yeah. be like, look, like fitness is, is obviously crucial to the game, but you shouldn't be focused on, like I had coaches, like we had two trainings a week on Tuesday, Thursday, and the Thursday session was just running. Yeah. So it's like, that's such an American thing, like 10, 20 years ago. It's so, it's so much better now. But like, I wish I could go back and be like, look, it's great that you're the fittest guy. Like you're so fit doing this, but don't just worry about your mile time, your two mile time. Don't worry about this. Focus on a little bit more of the technical side, do more passing, do more drills. And I did, like I did that. And I felt like I had a good, like I, even when I was younger, I had a good balance of like working on my weaknesses, working on my strengths but even more like focus on the technical side, watch more games, more game analysis, you know, just watch more games, do the technical work and again, kind of like the same thing, like look at your game as a whole and like what's separating me from a pro what's separating me from a D one college player and try to like the same thing, analyze that and balance it with your strengths or weaknesses.
1: Yeah. I also think another interesting area is, is nutrition. I, I sort of, I got to know a bit more about nutrition um, when I was probably around nineteen, twenty. I started to really like digging deep into the areas of, um, you know, the carbohydrates, proteins, fats. Because before then, I, I didn't really know too much about protein or what foods were good sources of protein. And and I wish that I'd educated myself younger. And nowadays, I think kids that are teenagers and growing up that are at key stages of development it's so important to eat the right things. And and I wish that I'd have had that information. And that's why, you know, I joke all the time with you about we're putting out the content for the lads (laughs) on YouTube that's free. And I wish I'd have had this content when I was younger. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's like, it's funny. You like toot your own horn, but seriously, like if I, if, if I could follow, I was saying this to my dad, if I could follow two professional players doing a workout together over Instagram live when I was 13, I would have, I would have freaked out. I'd have been so excited. So yeah. it is that people are a little bit spoiled, but it's, I mean, it's, you're helping people, which is awesome. But like, I, it's funny too. Like when I was 13, 14, I obsessed about, cause I was super skinny. So I obsessed about nutrition, obsessed about the gym. How to put on muscle so i did all that research but again i think i was so too much over there and too hyper focused on that and not enough of like look like kids over in england are just pinging long balls to each other <laughs>
1: all all damn day like nice. i need to do
0: that yeah and so it's just like it's hard because you kind of get around in your bubble and you don't get to see what pros are doing or, or all that stuff, so I think, like you said this the, the ability to that kids have that to now see pros what they 're doing and how they 're working out and nutrition and training and everything is is like invaluable it 's so cool yeah,
1: yeah that 's brilliant um, okay, so the next one is, do you see any common mistakes that younger players make with their training workouts, nutrition, and if so, what advice would you give to them
0: yeah i i don 't know about you, but lately i 've been getting this question like. I don't know for since quarantine, but everybody's looking for like the one thing they can do every single day. Like, can I do this workout every single day? Can I, what's the one or two drills I should only focus on? And it's kind of like the same thing, almost like how we answered the last question of like, look, it's like, you know, football is like, you have so many different drills that all focus on different things. You know, like a rondo, I feel like is, is, is really getting good at, uh, at a rondo is just as important as being able to consistently ping a long ball which is just as consistent or just as important as being able to do 1v1 attacking and defending. So it's Mm. like, for me, it's like, I I always try to like give this message across to kids that you can't just think like, this is my routine that I do every single day, just this, because even when it comes to workouts, like if you just focus too much on like strength, then you're going to neglect some of like the, like the eccentric ISO, like all the the little things that are injury prevention. And so it's the same thing, like even with fitness, kids that just do long runs, like, well, maybe you should work on some change of direction, agility drills. But then the kids would just do that. i like, well, maybe you should do some like longer <laughs> sprint work. So my honestly, the mistake I see is just like people are very like narrow-minded when it comes to things like drills or, or their nutrition or whatever. It's kind of like, look, you need to like open up, like do everything. It's it's hard to say, this is the workout, this is the training that you do every single day, no matter what. Don't change it.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And I think going back to the the additional training thing I was talking about. Was like, I think it's important as well if you can if you can identify yourself and your style of play to someone who is in the professional game or someone who is at the very highest level. So like for me as a midfielder, as an attacking midfielder, I love watching Kevin De Bruyne, Luka Modric. They're, they're my two like current top players that I love to watch. And I think if you can if you can sort of um, understand your style of play as a footballer, like whatever level you're at. And if you can aspire and watch the people that are at the top level, you can then adapt your training to that. So I think as an attacking midfielder, I need to be able to create goal scoring opportunities. So whether that's um, my short range, mid range, long range passing, um, and then I also need to score goals. So that's finishing, uh, one touch finishing, two touch finishing. And I think if you can really understand what has allowed Kevin De Bruyne to get to the level he's at, then I think it makes it easier to, to understand what your training is at. Because, you know, it's, you know I'm not going to, as a midfielder who needs to run a lot, I'm not going to start doing bench press every single day and just balloon up to the point mm-hmm. where I can't run anymore. So it's, it's, it's different. I think it's important to understand and identify like your style and who you are as a player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, a, and I think too, like to almost be like a little, like it's hard because you have to, it's such a balance too. Cause it's like, I get comments like, you should try to play like more like Marcelo. <laughs> and I'm like well yeah i mean ideally sure like i try to score goals like messi play left back like marcelo like but it's it is kind of funny but at the same time it's like yeah for sure i've watched his games i try to take bits and pieces but you're you're right he's not the same type of player that i am you know i, I won't be able to do the same creativity stuff that marcelo's able to do um but I think like you can take bits and pieces, but like what you just said, like I like to watch, like, I think a player that's very similar to my game that I like to watch is Kyle Walker. Like, it's like, he's not the most crazy player, but I think it's a very accurate representation of somebody that I could aspire to train like, or or play like, and he's Mm -hmm. playing at one of the highest levels. So a hundred percent, like find a player with similar attributes to you that you can learn from and model yourself after. Um, and have goals to try to play like Marcelo, maybe, but, <laughs> but, but understand that you know every player is unique, and everybody can bring something to the table. So you don't have to be like Marcelo in order to be a good out of uh, good fullback.
1: Yeah, I don't know about you, but I do get a lot of questions as well on on Instagram. People messaging me about you know game analysis and watching videos, and I think now during this quarantine time is such an important time to to really be able to watch games you know there's loads of games on youtube there's loads of games on the internet to be able to watch and like full games but i think it's also important to to watch not just individual players but the team as a whole because as as players whether you're professional or whether you're amateur your coach puts out a team and a formation and each coach does different formations puts different players out on the team so i think it's it's not only important to watch individual players but then also to see and make notes on like, the formations that they're playing. So, for example, last year, we, uh, we played a 4-3-3 up until halfway through the season. And then due to you know, players we were getting down from the first team and just players that we had in our squad, it seemed the logical thing for our coach to move to a 3-5-2. And me in that situation as a player, I had to understand the 3-5-2 formation. And to be quite honest, i would not playing. I've played it before, but not consistently every week. I'd never played a three-five-two, so it's important for me. I was st- I'm still learning. I, we're all still learning as players, so it was important for me not to just understand my role, but also the winger's role and the striker's role, and understand everyone's role in that team when we don't have the ball, but also when we have the ball. So I, I think that's an important point as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a hundred percent. It's so true because your coach can change things. And if you, if you, you're going to get left behind if you have no idea what this even looks like, this formation, the style of play, and even to changing teams. Like when I was at um, like the orange County blues back in 2016, uh, we had a very like very direct style of play. It was if the ball comes out to the fullback, you're opening up your hips and your, your first option is try to play into the channel, you know, into our fast yeah. striker who's going to run into the channel. And yes. then I went to the next year I went to St. Louis and it was with Precky and it was all like, no it's i don't want the ball to leave the pitch i want it on the ground constantly i never want that through ball in and so it's like that took a little kind of learning curve and so it was just like i think it's so important to see a possession-based team to see a direct team yes like and to learn how they play differently and how the position kind of differs with different styles of play and it all comes from game analysis
1: yeah 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 and i think another point on that as well is um You know people ask me about you know how to bed yourself into a game and and a lot of that with confidence as well and i think the biggest advice i can give to to players when it comes to the first five or ten minutes of a game because for me the first five or ten minutes of a game are the most important time because you can either go two goals up two goals down Mm -hmm. uh, you can have men sent off and it just changes the whole game so the first five or ten minutes for me what i noticed from going from a youth team environment and being younger into the professional game, is that those first five or ten minutes are so crucial in the game. And as a midfielder, I think it's so important to just play that simple pass and also not to take too many risks in the first five or ten minutes. I don't know what you think about it, but I think that it's such a crucial time that to bed yourself into the game confidence-wise, it's important to just play simple.
0: Yeah. No, it's like momentum. Like if you get that the first time the ball comes back to me, I'm not going to try to dribble the winger unless it's like a, like it's on and that's my only option. 99% of the time I'm getting the ball, I'm playing to my center mate or I'm playing to my center back. Because you get yeah. that first touch out of the way, you know, the butterflies start to go down and then you yeah. get the ball again, you play simple again, you start, okay, now I got two completed passes. And you st- your confidence just goes up and up and up. You got a little bit more mo- momentum. And then you take on a guy, you know, in a few minutes later. But yeah, it's, that's. I actually had a game analysis video that I went through all my touches. And it was like, I was like, said that about like, I just, you know, play simple the first few times. And then I had one game when we played Sacramento last year at home. I, remember,
1: I, remember, I watched it. I remember watching it. And you said you had your first, like the worst first couple of touches <laughs> or something. Yeah, I remember bad. watching it. How bad was that
0: first five, 10 minutes? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Hey, we all have them, mate. We all have them.
0: Oh, my God. I wanted to crawl into a hole. I felt it was so – I was like, what the hell is going on? But the same thing. The next, like, five times I got the ball, I'm like, okay, don't try to do anything. Just one or two touch passes. Get the rhythm back. Get your confidence back. Get your coach to start believing in you again, (laughs) and it will be good. But, no, like, it's true. There's so much truth
1: behind that. Yeah yeah no i i don't want to take too much up your time i think one more one more thing um that i was going to ask you was what uh what is the best bit of advice you've been given um by a coach and I'll, i'll go first i'll give you a bit of time to think about it yeah um i think i think for me one one thing the coach said to me is uh there was two bits of information i got when i was younger and as a midfielder this is more like midfielder related but if I can be on the shoulder of a defender, so if, if I'm, um, so say I'm, uh, the, our centre back has the ball and my midfielder is marking me fairly tight. If I can be on the opposite side to the ball, my defender's always having to, to look where I am. And then the minute he looks back at me to see where I am and then he looks forward back at the ball, that's when I can time my movement. So that's, for me, is just a tiny bit of information that I learned when I was younger which was always to play on the shoulder of the defender if possible. And then the second thing is just the coach said it's so simple at the end of a game once. It was just one of those games where it was just everyone was, was trying to dribble with the ball. Everyone was trying to do their own thing. And he just said something like, the ball never gets tired. And that's all he said. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Because I'm thinking as a player, like if I'm running all the time, the ball has no limits. So whether it's like stamina, speed, endurance strength like the ball can do everything so if you can make the ball do that movement then then it makes your life so much easier so i'd say that they're the two most you know biggest advice that i've been given what about you
0: yeah no it's funny even with the the staying like staying behind someone's shoulder is like it's everywhere i feel like especially even like a fullback because like if my center back has the ball like a lot of times that that is there i try to get ahead of the winger so it's the same thing he's like always like looking this way and then if the butt get the ball now i can i'm already past them so it's kind of like yeah. the same thing and you can yeah. make your movements when they turn their head but yeah no that's and it's funny how like one phrase will like stick with you with coaches <laughs> and stuff and i think i have i think i probably have i think i probably have two i'd say one is is um i think it was my college coach it was my college coach and he basically just said like when the ball comes to you and i've always stuck with me but it's like that guy's flying in, especially in the college game. It's so like athletic, just exactly. run, yeah, pressing, high press, your quick subs, you know, unlimited subs. <laughs> yeah. so, it's not really even soccer, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but so when the, they're flying at you all the time, constant, constant high pressure. And my coach just said, if he's flying in this way, take your touch in the opposite way of his momentum, because then yeah. he's got to turn and go. And that stuck with me. And I've said it so many times in like my, my game analysis videos on YouTube. But even the USL, when like a winger comes running at you, I always look at them. Okay, they're forcing me down like this way. This is the space. It's kind of opposite direction. So if they're coming flying into me, I'm either going to take my touch a yard or two this way or a yard or two this way just so they have to stop, turn, and do something else. Yeah. So yeah. that first touch just it, it stuck with me, just the opposite way of, of that player's momentum just to like freeze them so if, it, it doesn't just get stuck under your foot and then yeah. he comes flying in and tackles you. Yeah, so that yeah. was big for me. It, it helped me just realize, look, it's, just, it's more about the first touch than like athleticism and, and speed of play like that. Yeah. Um, and then another thing I feel like it almost works in like the opposite way is it kind of hit me of uh, when I was in high school, I had a coach basically tell me, like, look, you're not going to play D1. Like, you're not good enough. You're not going to play Div- Division one soccer. Um, and just basically kind of tell me that like, I need to be realistic. And obviously, like I, I played D1 and, and went further. And so what the piece of advice I like, took from that is like everybody kind of does have an opinion about your game and to not take one person's opinion too much to heart. And I don't want to say that and have people like, oh, yeah, screw you, coach. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. To, to realize that one coach might love you and another coach might hate your style of play. And mm-hmm. so it's just kind of about believing in yourself, work hard, become the best player you can become, but don't take one rejection, one coach that doesn't like you, one bad trial um, too seriously. And that yes. was like a big piece of advice I got from that.
1: Yeah. So the first, the first bit I've actually got, I think that's, yeah, as a defender, if I'm flying into someone and I'm trying to really press them, the last thing in the world I want them to do is change direction, which means I have to decelerate and change direction because mm. physically that's so tiring to do. So yeah, I, I completely agree with that one. The second one, yeah, I think, I think that they say football is a matter of opinions and it's true because whether you're a player, you're a coach, everyone's going to have opinions. I think that's the beauty of the game is that it's so dynamic and, and players can be, be so unique. And I think that's so important psychologically to have that mentality that I know I'm a good player. I'm going to respect the coach's decision. I'm not going to tell him to go do one. But I'm, going to, I'm going to respect what he's saying, but at the same time, I'm also going to prove him wrong. Yeah. And I think that, that strong mentality for me is, is the most important thing. Um, but yeah, no, mate, I really appreciate you coming on here and, uh, I really enjoyed the workout this morning. I think, uh, I think people are loving it as well. So we should try and keep that up. Yeah. Next Wednesday, huh? Yes. Hopefully next Wednesday. But uh, I hope we're, hope we're playing against each other again this year. But <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, mate. All right, I'll uh, I'll let you go, and uh, I'll see you next Wednesday. Sounds good, man. See ya. All right, see you later, mate. All right, guys. So that was the talk with Jack
0: Blake. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Again, let me know what you think in the comment section. If you liked this, if you didn't like it, uh, with how the audio was. If you have any suggestions, it's my first time doing this, so uh, yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning. Uh, but yeah, no, I really enjoyed the talk with Jack great guy and, uh, hope him all the best. And once again, his, uh, social media stuff is all in the description, so be sure to check him out. All right, guys. Peace.